the Sense You Ask, a podcast where we have authentic conversations built around your questions on life, biblical Christianity, and occasionally completely random topics. Now here's your hosts, Ben Farley and Ben Van Hyning. Well, hey, everyone, and welcome back to Since You Ask. My name is Ben Farley, and I'm sitting here alongside my co-host, Ben Van Heining. How are you today, Ben? I couldn't be better. I I do want to clear one thing up. We are sitting across from one another. Yes, I don't want anybody to get the impression that we're literally sitting next to each other while we're recording this. I think that would be a little weird. Like that weird couple that's starting to date, and they sit in the same booth at a (laughs) restaurant. That is so weird. Or the... Yeah, the older couple that's still, she slides over next to him in the truck, in the front of the truck seat. I always offer that to my wife, and she does not take the bait. So So we're not sitting alongside each other. We're sitting across the table from one another, and I think that's a... Yeah, this, that's, a, that's just made me a little uncomfortable. We want the so. correct mental picture right, yeah. in your head as you're listening to this. <laughs> so. Oh, man, that's funny. <laughs> well, hey, thanks so much for joining us today. Uh, we are here on episode eight. Wow. Uh, man, it is. And, and we've actually eight. taken a little bit of a, a break, yeah. um, kind of just because of life circumstances. Yes. Uh, and so we are getting back in our regular rotation of yep. posting these on Wednesday mornings. Um, and so I hope that you will take this opportunity to uh, like and subscribe, no matter what uh, podcast listening platform you're on. Uh, like this episode, share this on your social media, hit that bell if you're on Spotify. Make sure that you don't miss a moment of Since You Asked. Uh, but today, as we start every episode, um, as we record this, today is August ninth yeah and today is a day we're celebrating uh, because as we've learned over the last eight episodes every day is a day we're celebrating literally it's literally there is something to celebrate every yeah. day and today August 9th is what Ben well one of the things you can celebrate today is National Book Lovers Day um, I celebrate that as often as possible uh, now I will clarify. I'm not a. I'm. I'm a. I'm a book lover. Mm-hmm. I'm not always a lover of book reading. Yes. I mean, I. I can read. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Like, yeah. Which uh, is helpful. Yeah, but it's got to be the right book. I don't just trudge through any old book just because it's a book. Right. I, I'm not a bookworm. I don't mm-hmm. think you would uh, turn me. I wouldn't turn myself a bookworm, but I do love books. Yeah. I love buying books. I love putting them on a shelf. They look great on the shelf. <laughs> they make great backdrops yeah. for videos. And oh. Yeah. I, there's times when I think myself more of a book collector yeah. than a book reader. Oh, uh, that's or, probably or a true. very good starter of books, uh, less of a finisher of books. <laughs> so, Which is why I really love now. I, did, I was really resistant before. I really love my Kindle book yep. because then I can have my iPad or my Kindle and it'll tell me the last page I read. Whereas yep. if a, you have a real book in your hand <laughs> and you don't bookmark it, yep. you don't know where you stopped, where you left off. So do you, do you carry an actual bookmark or do you just do the dog ear thing? I dog ear yeah, or the, the dust cover. I'll throw the dust cover in there. Yep. And, and again, a lot of times it'll fall off and then you're like, I have no idea yeah. where I read last. So uh, I, I don't know if anybody else is like this. My wife, Jill, and I are like this. But um, when we see people interviewed on now that now that COVID has caused people to do a lot of stuff on Zoom, mm-hmm. everybody has a backdrop. Yes, they, as you were mentioning. Yes, and um, we love to pause interviews on new on the news yep. so that we can look and see what people are reading. <laughs> I do the same thing. Isn't that weird? Yep. I don't know. Maybe it's not as weird as I think. And it then is. I think. I should buy that book. Yeah. Probably won't read it, but yeah. I should buy that book. I, I love to have that book in my collection. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So what was the last book you read? Just out of curiosity. Just, just uh, something fun. Anything. Okay. So the last book I read was uh, a book called Atomic Habits by okay. James Clear. Yeah. Um, I, I'm very, very interested in the psychological element of discipline. Yeah. Um, probably because I'm trying to get more and more disciplined myself. Mm. And so, um, yeah, the atomic habits by James clear is a great book. Uh, I'm also on audible. Uh, now I prefer, I prefer to, to read a book. I don't know. There's just something about that yeah. book in your hands, being able to turn the pages, but there is a book, uh, by a man, I'm pulling it up, Michael Easter. Uh, I'm listening to it right now. I'm about three quarters of the way through called the comfort crisis. Again, very much, uh, I've heard that discipline heard type yeah. type thing. 
um, it is phenomenal. Okay. And, and it just talks about how we as human beings were not built for the comfortable world that we live in now. Yeah. Uh, we were meant to be uncomfortable. And, and so, yeah, those are the two I've, I've read and listened to, and they're, they're both really good. Nice. Yeah. What about I, you? Well, I've, uh, I'm in the process of reading three books basically for work in general, just for improvement. I've, I'm reading, listening to on Audible, Leaders Eat Last mm-hmm. by Simon Sinek. He's just really good. Just the idea of what it means to to be a good leader of people. Yeah. Um, so much stuff to just consume. Yep. Um, and then the part where he's talking about generational changes and how people changed over the years and and baby boomers versus baby busters and Gen Z and all those other things. Yep. So that's been really good. I, I've been, I'm reading a book called uh, Hero Maker by yeah, Dave Ferguson. It's a good book. Uh, how to be the hero, maker, not the hero. Yep. Uh, also, also trying to read um, Wild at Heart again. <clears throat> you know, such a good book. Yeah, if you're a guy and you're listening and you haven't listened to or read um, Wild at Heart, you, John Eldridge, you should... You should read it. Yeah. Um, it is one of the most soul-stirring. Um, now, anytime you ask somebody on like Facebook, what's the best book you've ever read? You've got that one guy that's right. like, oh, the Bible. Right. Okay, well, uh, okay. okay, we're setting that apart as its own. Like, it is in a class assumed. of its own. It's yes, assumed. we're assuming. Yeah. Apart from that... Wild at Heart is one of the most soul-stirring books I have ever read. Yeah, and maybe not soul-stirring, but at least imagination-stirring. Yeah. And it, it gets to the core of who men are, what we desire, and and how we've kind of gone away from that. Yep. So yeah, and if you're if you're a late uh, woman who thinks, oh, I'd love to do, I'd love to read that, or I love for my husband to read that. The 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 quote he said this morning, he's had more women come to him at a conference and say. I didn't necessarily like the man I sent you, uh, and but after the conference, the man you sent me back is the man I love now. Wow! Um, and there's just so much, you know, learning to do with uh, where marriages and how to and the and a, he has a companion book that his wife re- uh, wrote called Captivating. Yes, that is yeah. supposedly real good, and I haven't read it yet. So, yeah, <laughs> but just for fun, I've been reading um, John Grisham's newest and latest book called uh, The Judge's List. And uh, it's just really good. Everything he reads, writes is good to read. So awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Well, anything else that's going on with national calendar day? One is national rice pudding day. Hmm. Um, Not going to lie. That's a, that's a definite one. Like I love rice pudding. Really? Because as I read this today in preparation for this, I thought, boy, what a bummer of a dessert today. (laughs) Well, (laughs) and I think that maybe the way people, eat it in other places are is one thing but my grandma wanda when she was younger would make me rice pudding okay that uh if there's a if there's a if there's a comparison on earth to what manna in heaven the manna from heaven (laughs) that god sent to the israelite people yeah that would have been it it's wanda's rice pudding wanda's rice pudding and mom my mom has never been able to duplicate it like no one can seem to do it the way grandma did even you hear that helen yeah, step up. Get to it. Let's do this. <laughs> it's kind of like your mom's white pie. It's kind of that uh, thing that you, when you just think about it, you think comfort food. You think yeah. that that's my childhood. Yeah. Rice pudding, the yep. way my grandma made it, was was uh, pretty sentimental to me. So that so that was so that's today. If you want to get some of that, here's a question on that because I've often wondered how you'll have a a grandmother who makes a, a certain dish yeah. and the mother will have the recipe exactly the same copied from actually the grandmother would have given that to her right and it's not the same here's my question does nostalgia play a part in the taste of things i think it has to it has to doesn't it i think it has to because yeah you yeah i think that's exactly right because i'm doing things now like stuff that my mom would fix, I will I will try to duplicate it. Yeah, and it still doesn't. 
it, it still doesn't taste the way it did when I grew up. Right. You know, um, there's got to be some psychological element there, to our taste buds. I would think so. And I have found a few times at like a Mexic, like in the at Walmart, you can buy rice pudding in the back and just, yeah. you know, put in container sizes and it's really good. Mm-hmm. Again, it makes me think about my yeah. grandma, but yeah, nobody fries chicken as good as my grandma B did. Nobody makes rice pudding as good as my grandma Wanda did, you know, those sort yep. of things. So yep. yeah, I think there's some nostalgia involved it's pretty cool so well i I think before we jump into the episode uh today we need to acknowledge that we are actually uh not in our typical recording spot today yeah uh we have we have moved to recording on location at common grounds coffee lounge here in Flora, illinois yeah uh not a sponsor yet Uh, an unpaid un I mean, we're here giving them free advertisement. <laughs> right. Now, I will say, we, we right before this recording, got the keys to the joint. Yeah, we did. Uh, so, we did. you know, we could pay ourselves in coffee, um, delicious desserts. <laughs> There's some Jones soda <laughs> 10 feet to my right that we could right. snag. Right. Um, but, you know, we, we want them to succeed in business, so we won't steal the profits. But I, I, just, want, uh, I, I just want you, the listeners, to know uh, Common Grounds Coffee Lounge, yeah. owned by our friends Devin and Destiny Daniels, uh, is phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, I'm sitting here with two drinks. I got a huge mug of coffee. I've got a big old chai tea, yeah. so it's yeah. great. So if you're in Florida, Illinois, uh, or, or ever traveling down this way, we've got people listening all over the country. Uh, but if you ever make it to Florida, Illinois, stop by Common Grounds Coffee Lounge. Tell them Ben and Ben sent you, because maybe we'll finally get the kickbacks that we deserve. A little deserve. discount code <laughs> uh, there. Yeah, no, I, um, yeah, I, I had a drink in here the other day that uh, uh, a guy that's moved back to town was telling me about. Um, it's not even on the menu yet. Oh. Uh, and he, he had, he made one for me or Jen made one for somebody made one for me in here and it's my new favorite drink. Wow. What is it? Uh, it's called an Ericano. Ericano. So it's an Americano. Okay. Made the same way, only it's cold made with, hmm. uh, cold brew. Not, it's not cold brew, but it's made with iced coffee. Interesting. Um, and then they infuse air into Oh, okay. It, I, oh. I'm glad you you uh, disclosed that because I was just assuming it was an Americano made by a guy named Eric. Eric. So no, not American. <laughs> Ericano. A I R. A I R Acano. Okay. And um, <laughs> uh, I'm not sure. There's not really another thing I want to drink right now. Hmm. Just just in general with coffee. Well, I I'll just say this. I don't understand people that don't like coffee. Me I either. know I know there are people listening that don't, but to me. There is not much greater evidence of God's grace uh, to humanity than a piping hot cup of black coffee, no sweetener in it for yeah. me. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's it's just evidence for me of a good and gracious God. Yeah, I mean, what else? Could, who? What other cre- creation creator? Yeah. could create something that pure. Right. I think it's all the evidence we need. <laughs> yeah. But. Yeah. Um, but we'll give you a little bit more. Yeah, so, <laughs> we, we've got a little more evidence. We've yeah. got a little bit more. Yeah. Um, so what we're going to do is kind of shift gears. We've been doing uh, just different listener questions mm-hmm. over the last eight episodes, and we decided to kind of tackle a longer series. And so what we want to do is equip you with um, really a definition of worldviews. Uh, there are all types of different worldviews, yeah. and and the thing about it is, is you may not recognize what worldview you're in contact with. You may not even know what worldview you actually have. Yeah. And so what we hope to do, uh, because we've been getting some questions about different events, uh, the way to view certain things mm-hmm. uh, in the world, and so we thought, hey, in, instead of answering those individually, what if we just worked through a large list of worldviews each episode? And really answered some fundamental questions that each of those worldviews answers. And so uh, we're going to tackle things like Christian theism, um, materialism, nihilism. Um, I think there's nine of them that we're going to yeah. tackle. And don't get, don't get bogged down with those big words. Right. Our hope is that we take those worldviews and break them down into something simple so that you can recognize, oh, this is a Christian worldview and this isn't. Yeah. It, it, it's really eye-opening. I mean, when I was in 
Bible college, we read a book, um, and this it's the chart we're going to just kind of use, but a book by a guy named James Sire. Uh, he wrote a book called The Universe Next Door, and he, he basically was trying to educate uh, people on this idea of forming a Christian worldview. And, and I won't say that it didn't take me until I was already in ministry and had kids and was older and more mature to kind of start yeah. to pick up on that, but I will say that when you start to understand what a worldview is, one, and then how to approach that from your your belief system, yeah. it it really does start to open up kind of the I say, and I no pun intended, but the world it will open up the world to you yeah. because uh, as we were talking about before the episode where we started, uh, you know when you read a book or when you um, when you are watching a documentary on television. Uh, it can even be about the subject of something that is about God, you know, but it, but it might come from a totally materialistic, naturalistic worldview that's trying to explain away yeah. Christian theism versus whatever. Um, when you read documents that were written by our founding fathers, uh, you will start to recognize less about Christian theism and more about another kind of worldview that yep. we'll talk about, you know, next week or whatever. But, um, so, yeah, so one of the things that I, you and I are going to talk about, and I'll, just real quick, is when you start to form your worldview, you have to think about your answers to, to eight really important questions, and, yeah. and we'll go through those. But it's, it's basically having a worldview is basically having a, a set of presuppositions of what you b- believe about the world. Mm-hmm. It's a simple definition, yep. but what do you believe about X, Y, and Z? Yeah. That, that tells a lot about who, what, what your worldview is. Well, and, and we have talked about this a lot, especially since we've started to begin crafting the idea for this podcast and through subsequent episodes. Uh, we have both seen uh, these Christian, air quote, world uh, Christian philosophies yeah. or uh, on places like TikTok, yep. on Facebook, on Instagram, and the reality is, is they are influencing a large number of people yep. when in reality, the worldview that they are throwing out is anything but a Christian worldview. Absolutely. Um, there are a ton of deconstructionists on uh, TikTok, especially, yep. yeah. and their worldview sounds good or, or their their um, explanation of certain things right. sounds Good, maybe good's not the right word. It sounds smart. Right. It, it sounds like, man, you're using these words and it sounds like you know what you're talking about. So yeah. maybe this is correct. Yeah. And the hope of this series of episodes that we're going to put out is that you'll be able to recognize, yeah, even though these sound good, it's not coming from a Christian worldview. Yeah. And again, when we say worldview, we mean the lens by which you view everything around everything. you. Everything. Everything. Right. Um, down to creation down to uh, absolute truth, all of these things, uh, you need to have a particular lens that you look through. And in fact, everyone does. Everyone, whether you recognize it or not, has a lens by which you view the world. Yes, I think that's an important distinction because what, what what we're going to do through these discussions is not so much help you form a worldview. We're going to help you identify what your worldview really is. Right. You know, um, because a lot of people, you you would say to me, I'm a Christian believer, Mm -hmm. but your view of what, you know, certain aspects of creations, for instance, Mm -hmm. or uh, creation versus evolution. I've talked to a lot of Christians who say, I'm a Christian, but I don't believe in Genesis 1. I, I believe that God formed the universe over millions and millions of years. Well, then that's a really tough angle for me to take and and i don't you know i don't want to be argumentative about it or say anything you know too negative about people in general who hold that stance but christian theism would not allow for that thought process yeah so that when you look at the stars of the sky you know at night or when you when you sit and watch a sunrise or a sunset your thought process is automatic for instance and i don't like to talk too long but the 
we went to Ruby Falls mm-hmm. uh, in Chattanooga, Tennessee, for our part of our vacation, and we were walking around. And Miley uh, had been to uh, uh, Genesis Week, yeah. And they talked a lot about worldview during Genesis Week, and they talked about Christian worldview versus a non-Christian worldview or a naturalistic worldview, where an evolutionist or evolutionary thought thinking process would come from. And they kept saying stalactites and stalagmites uh, form, you know, af- over millions of years. An inch over a thousand years is an inch. And so you can just imagine, you know, and I just, one time we stopped and we were talking, it kind of got quiet and I didn't mean to be like a, one of those guys, but I said, Hey Miley, what kind of worldview uh, are they referring to here when they talk about millions of years of development? Um, and she said, uh, not a Christian worldview. Yeah. You yeah. know, and so she was, she was even able to pick up on that idea that no matter what they say about millions of years, there's just not. That's just not yeah. a worldview that it, that would be taken if you read the Bible yeah. and followed in that. So that's right. sort of where, for me, that's just sort of the quick example of yeah. what we're talking about. Yeah, absolutely. So I think what's important for us as we start this series is to start with a Christian theism yeah. uh, worldview. Yeah. Uh, in other words, just the belief that God exists, God is—it's uh, it, the— the typical or the traditional Christian worldview. Right. Um, and, and we're going to do that through giving the answers to certain fundamental que- questions about the world around us. And so then from there, uh, over the next subsequent episodes, we will start to say, okay, here is what Christian theism believes. Now, yep. here is what worldview X believes right. on that. And, and the and so, evolution from that yes. or the digression from that. So you yeah. can start to see the difference between the two yeah. Yeah. Um, because they may sound logical. And I, and I think uh, in, in order to show us that this is not a new phenomenon, one of the things that Paul writes in Colossians chapter two is he's writing to this group that is um, being kind of infiltrated with all these different belief systems, all these different worldviews, if you will. And he writes this in verse four. He says, I tell you this so that no one may deceive you by fine sounding arguments. Well, that's the whole reason why we right. want to do this too, because right. these worldviews that uh, the younger generation is seeing on TikTok, the older generation is seeing on social media, and and really all around us, right. sounds really logical. Most it of it sounds like, man, there could be some merit to this. Absolutely. And so we want to go back to the basic tenets, the the basic doctrinal stances of a Christian worldview, and then we can start to recognize anti-Christian worldviews. Yeah, and I think it's really important that even as we explain you know, the foundational worldview that uh, when we say Christian theism, what does that mean? Well, in simple terms, because most people get all nervous when you start talking about the Greek or whatever, but the original, you know, one of the original languages that the Bible was written in, the New Testament especially, is the the term theism comes from uh, the term that is used for God in the Greek language. So the, the, the Greek letter theos uh, or theta yeah. is the beginning letter of the of the word God in the New Testament. Yeah. So when you read the New Testament, anytime there's a reference to God, our Father, or God, the Creator, it is the word theos. And the distinct and the reason why that's distinct will be dis, um, the reason why that'll be important. Yeah. I'm trying to sound smarter than I really am. <laughs> the reason why that'll be important is because next week when we talk about deism. Deism is a, is also a Christian worldview, but the difference between deism and theism is is that the word for God in the New Testament Greek starts with the the delta letter delta, which is the D in deism. Yeah. So again, not to be too confusing, but when we talk about Christian theism, people wonder what is that word theism supposed to refer to? It refers to our belief in God the Father or God our Creator. And I think that that's just important for us to understand so that we don't get one, you, I don't understand the term, so I'm going to stop listening now because mm-hmm. I don't really understand what he's talking about. This is just, this is what we believe about the the God of the universe. Yep. So. Yep. Absolutely. So with that being said, let's jump into some of the questions, and these are going to be the uh, fundamental questions that we're going to come back to in discussing all of these worldviews, and to really give you a sense of what each worldview professes to believe, or how they view uh, the world around us, everything. Yeah. And so the first question is, it's pretty simple, what is reality? 
Right. And essentially what what uh, James Sire is asking in that is where what is the central piece of the universe? Right. Where does reality come from? Right. You know, the uh, the other way to ask the question is what is really real? Well, right. in a Christian theistic worldview, God is the beginning of real. He is the real. So when we start to approach uh, Christian theism, we say, where did the universe come from? Well, it came from God. Well, how, where did he get the materials to build it? Well, he didn't get the materials to build it. He built it from a, a term that uh, is uh, a term called, uh, that says ex nihilo, mm -hmm. uh, which means he built it from nothing. Yeah. God, God is the one who, who existed before anything else existed. He wanted a nature and a creation and a, and a people to mm -hmm. worship him. So he creates what we know and what we can see as mm -hmm. being real. But God's the center of that belief system. He start, it started with him. Yep, absolutely. I, I, I think this is starts to be, I mean, first question, we're already getting to a sticking point for a lot of people. Right. Um, and, and it's always interesting because uh, many of us have heard uh, the scientific theory of the Big Bang. Right. Uh, and, and it's so interesting to me that... Uh, the scientific community, by and large, has rejected the idea of God creating something out of nothing, ex nihilo, as has been uh, referred to it as. But yet, the the Big Bang is an acceptable theory. Yeah. Meaning a a small explosion yeah. created a domino effect and created everything that we see. And it's like. Well, those two things sound very, very similar. So why is right. one far fetched and, and yeah. absolutely untrue? and could be explained away, supposedly, by the scientific community. But yet, this theory of the Big Bang, ah, yeah, that's plausible. It's yeah. Like, well, yeah. Well, you've got, you and I have both been in youth ministry. Mm -hmm. So when you start to teach the Bible to junior high and high school kids, they're just discovering and yeah. really trying to challenge things, and they're hearing one thing in school, and then they're hearing another thing at church. And I always try to approach kids with Genesis 1, chapter 1, verse 1, mm -hmm. in the beginning, God... Everything else in the scripture after that is hinged on what is what is God? Who is God? Right. What is he capable of? What yep. is he not capable of? So when you read Genesis 1, you read, in the beginning, God created. Okay, how did he create it? Why did he create it? Where did he get the materials to create it? Well, see, that's the beauty and the, and the bigness of what God is, is that he, he created it on his own with yeah. his own thought. He's a master designer. Yeah. And yeah. so that's, that's such a, it's the, the, it's, it's like a, a pivot point for people. And I, yeah. I mean, you may have even used that term. That's why I'm thinking of it, but that's the pivot point for people is if you can believe that God created light and heavens and earth and mankind and all of that, that will start to form your worldview from yeah. the very beginning. Well, and I, I think there are certain things in the Christian faith that if they are not true, then nothing else following that matters. Yeah, absolutely. So things like God being the creator and creating out of nothing. Right. If that's not true, then one, God is not big enough right. uh, to not not just create life, but also to sustain it. Yeah. I mean, that responsibility really falls to us, and boy, we do a cruddy job of doing that. Uh, but then you look at even further things like... Um, if Jesus didn't resurrect from the dead, okay, right. well then everything after that doesn't matter. And so there are certain, I don't know, hinges that if those are not true, yeah. then it invalidates everything else and creation being one of them. Right. Um, so, you know, we can, like I said, we can go back to certain theories and say, well, that's definitely plausible that something came from nothing. Right. But we're going to stop short of saying, well, someone created something out of right. nothing. Sure. Well, that, that's not far-fetched. No, exactly. And it's um, I've heard people say before, you know, it takes a lot more faith to believe that that the universe kind of crashed into itself yeah. and this Big Bang, which kind of leads to the second question really is, yeah. you know, what's the nature of external reality or or what is, what is the nature of the world around us? Right. Well, when you look at the nature of the world around us, it is difficult. Romans chapter 1, Paul will say that, yep. that it's difficult for us to believe that this was all just one big accident. Right. 
when, when you consider that if we're any closer to the sun, we burn up into a ball of flames before yeah. any further away, we freeze to death yep. in an instant. Yeah. You, you think about a God who created the universe in such a way that the, the, the planets spin the way they do mm-hmm. in such a fashion that if we spun any faster, we'd, it would fling us off the planet. Yep. But if it's any slower, we can't move our feet. Yep. The, the human body, the way God created everything, it's all ordered and neat and yeah. perfectly designed. Yes, human beings, we mess that up. Yeah. Um, but I think it's really difficult. It's really one of those things where you start to open up your mind and go, yeah, yep. there's the, the way the universe is ordered and which is why it's so difficult. And I know this is going to get me in trouble. So you can either conversation or not, but go for it. which is why it's such a hard time for me to understand this whole idea of climate change mm-hmm. and, and, you know, global warming and all the other things. When, when you take God out of that thought process, that the, he created this thing perfectly and he made mm-hmm. it go the way he wants. And someday he's going to bring it to an end. However, he sees fit. Yep. Uh, I don't have to worry about global warming mm-hmm. or global cooling or mm-hmm. global change or climate change. And yep. again, I know that sets people off. And so I would love to have a conversation with you over yep. an iced caramel latte. <laughs> I would love at common grounds coffee lounge. I would love for you. I'd love to have that conversation. So much of the time we just, we ball up our fists and get all defensive, but yep. But when you really believe that God created this and created it with order, mm-hmm. it's hard to see how it gets destroyed so easily by mere human beings. Right. And and what it what it is is a veiled attempt at putting man at the center of the universe. Because what yeah, we're, what we're sure. ascribing to ourselves is that we have the power right. to destroy this thing. Yeah. Well, no. We don't. Um, we don't. No. Now, have we have we messed certain things up? Well, yeah, absolutely. Sin entering into the world yeah. has has definitely fractured some things. Yeah. But to elevate ourselves to the point where we think we are the destroyers of this, which actually, by extension, elevates us to a level that we think we've created this as well. Right. If we're able to destroy, then then what follows is that we must have been able to create this. Well. I don't know about you, but I wasn't there. No, right. I didn't establish all of these things. Yeah, Job would say something similar to, or <laughs> yes. God would say something similar to Job, right? You know, in the in the end of Job, when Job's complaining about God and the way God handled his situation, yep. he said, "By the way, were you there when I, you know, measured off the dimensions of the universe? Yep. <laughs> I don't think you were. Can you can you hook the Leviathan and and reel it in? <laughs> yeah. You can't." Yep. And so I know that, like you said, we can do things to destroy. We've, we, you know, our planet is a precious commodity. And I get that yeah. sometimes we have done things that are, that are, that have just destroyed that. Yeah. But it's not because it's not because we have the power to, to do something different with what God has created. Right. Polar ice caps oftentimes have to melt in order for other things to occur and animals and ecological stuff and biology and things like that. God has planned all that out perfectly so that the, the other things in the planet can do their thing. So I I don't know. I know that, like I said, I know that's going to create some enemies for, you know, and people get upset about that kind of thing. But I really think that it's, it's important for us to understand that God has created this thing. He's, the scripture says he's creator and sustainer. Yes. So we're, we, we, I think we don't have to worry so much about right. the things we worry about yep. planet wise. Well, and that is not a, an advertisement for acting recklessly. No. Yeah. Oh, let's, certainly. let's be good stewards of what God has Definitely. given us. Yeah. But let's not elevate ourselves to a level in our minds to say, I have the power to totally obliterate this thing. <laughs> right. No, you don't. Because no. what you're what you're really declaring is, is I am God. Right. Uh, so And that's a dangerous line. And that's the line we're going to talk about, that as you start to take the thee out of theism and you mm-hmm. cr- create a God that's not personal or that doesn't care or yep. has no control, yep. now all of a sudden, what? who is in control? Right. Well, that makes me in control. That means yep. I can take God out of the picture. Right. And so I, that's the definite digression that you'll see with the worldview questions. So as it pertains to human beings, then, I, I think the... The fundamental question that each worldview answers, whether explicitly or or just the way it conducts itself, is what is a human being? Yeah. Who are we? Yeah. And and in Genesis one one, you know, or Genesis one twenty seven, it says that God made us male and female, and you know, in the image of God, He created them. Well, what does that mean to be created in the image of God? 
um, a lot of times we'll say, well, that means that I'm like God. Mm. In, in a way, we are. We're built in such a way that we are moral and we are, we are able to uh, have compassion yeah. and we're able to you know, have intelligence and creativity and sociability. Those are all characteristics of God. We're made in His image. Yes. We're certainly not more powerful or we certainly don't have the power of God within us yep. uh, to do and create things yeah. or, or to or create things out of nothing. Yes. Uh, we're able to take the resources we've been given and do those things with us. And we have personality and we have all those things. So our hu- we're, as human beings, we're created in the image of God, a reflection yep. a of reflection. who yep. He is for us. Yeah, and I think it's fascinating because people are interesting. There are yeah. all different types of personalities. Yeah. We have different personalities. Yeah. We have uh, different abilities. Um, you know, you look at people and the gifts that they've been given, yeah. and it is amazing how those things, now, if they were uh, channeled correctly and if we weren't in a sin-fallen world, uh, those things work together in harmony. You possess things that I don't, yeah. but together... Man. We, yeah, we can do more together than we can apart. And, yeah, absolutely. And, and so, but all of that is a reflection of God. Yeah. It, it is not to say that we are elevated to that point, but it does magnify the, because if we all have these different characteristics, then, then and we don't have all of them yep. in and of ourselves, but what they are uh, kind of pointing us to is that God is all encompassing yes. of those things yeah. in a perfect level. Yep. Um, and, and so it points us to the greatness of God. I'm not trying to bring God down to a human level, but what I am trying to highlight is that human beings and the complexity and the, the diversity among us point to just the, the greatness yeah. of God. And so, uh, and yeah. Which is a lot of the reason why he created us was to, to worship him, yes, to bring right. glory to, to him. And so, yeah, I mean, you think, uh, you think about like a guy named G- Steve Jobs and we credit him, mm-hmm. you know, obviously with creating the personal computer and, yeah. and the uh, iPhone that we carry personal computers around with us all the time in our pockets yeah. for <laughs> goodness sake. But without, without Steve Wozniak, that company never gets off the ground. Right. I know they had some parting of ways and I, I've yeah. read the, the bi- autobiographies and stuff, but you think about even the guy who in, creates a, a machine like this. Yeah. That guy had to have a partner yep. who, who brought in different aspects of it. And, 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 and all of that, they're still just using to create this amazing machine that we carry in our pockets. They still had to use things that were created by God right. and the resources and the intelligence. So, so yeah, we as human beings are, are 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 created in the image of God in order for us to reflect His His glory and and to bring Him glory through that. Absolutely, so. Um, and, and so clearly, we are limited. We are finite, yeah. but we're pointing to an unlimited, infinite God. Yeah. And so the question is, as people who are finite beings with a yeah. uh, a birth date and a death date, yeah. uh, prepared in advance for us, the the Christian worldview would answer the question of what happens when someone dies as yeah. what? Yeah. When, when we believe that when we die, we're, uh, our souls are transformed. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to do a little reading on that first Corinthians 15, will inform you of what that body looks like, but we go from being a corruptible body to an incorruptible one. We go from being raised in corruption and, and, and things that of that nature and sin to ra- being raised in power. You know, we, God completely transforms us and that we are, we either go after our death to be with God or without God. Yep. Um, we make a choice at the way we live our lives. We, whether we, who we follow and all that, but our, at the, at our death and there's where you'll see a lot of people differ, mm-hmm. uh, in their worldview. Yep. And again, you, you said it a while ago, what you believe about God will inform a lot of things, uh, yep. answer a lot of these questions. This question of what happens to us at death is a real identifier. It is. Because we don't just die. Yep. We die to live Yep. and live in all of eternity. So. And there is many, many divergent beliefs in different worldviews yeah. uh, that, that would speak to what happens when a human being dies. So yeah. uh, I'm excited to get into that piece as we yeah. roll throughout this series. Um, so, so from a human perspective then, um, from, a, from a Christian theism perspective, 
how do we as human beings then know what is right and wrong? Because I think what everybody can come to an agreement with is that there is something in us that now we could choose to ignore that uh, or we have a very flawed ones at some point in time, but there is something in us that uh, has a sense of right and wrong. Yeah. Why? God puts a conscience within us. I mean, you just think about the first two major sins we see in the in the Bible. Well, Adam and Eve, Adam and Eve informed, do not eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. As mm-hmm. soon as Eve eats it and then Adam eats it, what be happens? They become aware of their own nakedness yep. and they run and hide yep. because they want to hide from God, the one who gave them. Cain, when he kills Abel, he runs for the hills because yeah. he knows that what he has done is, is, an, is outside the will and the way of, of a good creator God. Um, they don't have the 10 commandments then they, yeah. they don't have that. Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not steal. That shalt not, you know, they don't have all that. Yep. What creates that? Well, it's the conscience that God puts within us. It's why a toddler knows even when they've done something, they know they shouldn't do. It's why they try to hide. Yeah. You know, I, I cut my hair one time when I was a kid, young, cut it right straight to the scalp, right down the middle of my forehead. Uh, I tried to hide the scissors in the hair. Right. As if I wouldn't get caught. Yeah. Yeah. What a yep. dummy. But I, at the side, at that, t- but I knew I had done wrong. Yeah. I it didn't, t- you know, I look in the mirror and know, but <laughs> I knew immediately that my mom was going to kill me. Right. Um, and so w- we just have this innate thing within us that says you've stepped outside of the goodness of yep. God, which is the nature, you know, Paul calls it our sinful nature. Yep. Um, I don't think we have it. I don't think we're conscious of it real early on in life but we definitely have it. And, oh, and yeah. that's what informs us. We know things because we're given a conscience by God. We're given a, we're given all that knowledge that we have. Yep. Paul says we can look and look at the universe and figure things out. How did Galileo ever figure out that the world spins in a circle right. and it does it every 24 hours and it does it. How did he figure it out? We kept observing Yeah, and he wrote things down and God said, yeah, that's where we're going. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I, I, I think one of the big things that we're seeing in our culture, and this is not a new phenomenon by any stretch of the imagination, but I think one of the things that we're seeing kind of come to the forefront is this idea of absolute truth. Yeah. What is truth? Who decides yeah. whose truth is true? Yeah. Um, and the the irony of it is, is when man is the one who sets truth for themselves, and each one of us individually set that truth, what we kind of come to the conclusion is, is that, well, there is no truth then. Sure. If everybody's truth is true, yeah. then truth doesn't exist. Yeah. So clearly, if, if that is the case, then we need something outside of humanity to set what absolute truth is. Yep. And, and the Christian theism worldview would say, well, it's because it's not us. God, the creator, right. is therefore the one who has decided... What is true? Yeah. I mean, one of my favorite games growing up was Sorry. Yeah. I, I love playing that love game as a kid. Game. But as you look at a board game, I don't get to decide, even though we try as kids, I don't get to decide what the rules are. No. no Hasbro you, took care of that. Hasbro took care of that. They yeah. they wrote that, or uh, Parker Brothers, or whoever yeah, those Parker things, Brothers, I don't know who those yeah. are, but, yeah. uh, which one it was, but... The creator of the game has established what the rules are. Right. As somebody who is simply playing the game, yeah. my job is to follow the rules that the creator has set out if yeah. I'm doing it correctly. Yeah. The, uh, the funny thing on that with uh, Uno, the, the game Uno, yeah. that recently you know, you've seen these new articles that are coming out because people have been playing Uno wrong all along, yep. kind of creating their own rules. Yeah. And, and now Uno, the, the creators of the game Uno are coming out going, no, no, no. Yeah. The rules are established already. All you have to do is read them. They're in mm-hmm. the package. Which is interesting because you don't see people attacking that and saying, uh, no, who is We're gonna play the way who we is Hasbro play. to tell me the way <laughs> yeah. to play Uno? I'm living my truth, yeah. and I'm playing Uno the way I want to. Yeah. No, the the maker of the yep. game, the creator, is the one who establishes right. the rules and the parameters within that. And so, logically speaking, then if God is the creator of everything, then it's His rules that we're living by. Right. And so, yeah. or, or should should sure. And uh, otherwise, how? What do you have? Absolute right. chaos, which is what the games that my sister and I played when yeah. we were kids ended <laughs> right. up turning into because yep. we were trying to create our own rules. Yep. Well, no, you can't do that. You, you have to draw four, and then I can four draw fours on you. And, yeah. 
and it was it became a game of chaos. And literally, yep. what it became was a game of fifty-two card pickup. Yep. Because the the cards would end up scattered all over the the floor, and we had both run away from the mess. You know. We always joke that my brother was the the rules were standard until he got close to losing. <laughs> And, and then he changed. changed. Yeah. yeah. Then then it yeah. changed. Oh, you can't do that now. Yeah. You've been doing it for forty five minutes, but right. now that I'm getting close, so so my brother never lost a game growing right. up, you know, because the rules just changed. Yeah. But but on a more serious note, that is kind of the way that humanity has approached absolutely the the world and and truth is well. This is my truth. I'm living my truth. Yep. Well, no, we don't get to decide what is true and what isn't. From a Christian theism perspective, God is a creator, so God is the one who decides what is true and what yep. is not. His word is what is useful for us in teaching, training, rebuking, and all the other things right. that Paul told Timothy. You know, uh, the, Yeah, that's the only way we can know truth. Yes. You start establishing truth for yourself, and you do. You end up in chaos, which goes back to you know how is the world ordered. Well, it's ordered by God and his truth. And when he says something is how it's going to go. Ultimately, that's how it's going to end up anyway. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. So so that's a that's a perfect segue. Then we find ourselves on a small piece of the timeline of human history. Right. Why does human history exist? What is the meaning of human history? Why yeah. does it matter? Yeah, it, well, and it's this is where things kind of go into the deep end of the pool a little mm -hmm. bit. But when you think about people, we, uh, we debated this as a family a little while back, the, the term history, you, you, you always want to study history because you don't, you don't, you're doomed to repeat the events yep. of history. So does that mean that history literally repeats itself or is history linear? Are we moving forward in history in order for us to go toward the end by which God is going to end the, you know, end our time here on earth? Or are we just living in a big loop that creates, you know, when you look at the fashion world, things always come back. Mm -hmm. uh, now, a lot of the things I grew up with. Yep. clothing wise and hairstyle wise, they're all now popular again. And everybody thinks it's brand new. Yeah. Well, so we're sort of living in that, Yeah. but literally the, the universe keeps moving forward in a direction. Mm -hmm. You know, history is going in a direction. Yeah. We learn from what we've learned. We learn from what we've lived, but we don't, we're not, we're not reliving it. So in God's timeline, we have a, we have to continue to move forward and do and yep. honor him and do things that teaching because he said, you know, continue to teach, you know, go and make disciples. That was yep. what he wanted for us so that more people could know him so that in the end of time we yep. would have, uh, you know, our opportunity to be with him in heaven. Well, if there is no end to human history, why does human history exist in the first place? Right. If, if there is not a time when this life as we know it ends or this world as we know it ends, then what is all this for? Sure. Um, and, and so it should lead us to the logical conclusion that we are here for something yeah. that all generations before us have been a part of a storyline leading Absolutely. somewhere. Yeah. If it's, if it's open-ended and it never ends, then what is the point? What is the point? What is the purpose of any of it? Yeah. Why, yeah. why do we, why do we live and then die? Yeah. Uh, what, what's the point of, of being here? If there is not an end to human history and a kind of climaxing event of, of which all of history is leading towards, yep. then what does all of this matter? I know. And it's kind of that same question of the movie that, um, I, one of the movies I love in the book I read early on was Stephen King's book, the green mile. Yes. You know, when um, John Coffey uh, either takes from the bad from you or what you become immortal, yep. essentially. And this old man who's playing with this old mouse, you know, he, he starts to question, why can't I die? Yep. Why can't I move to the next stage of what my existence is going to bring me? And 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 that's a, a lot of what's you know, in, in that idea of why am I created? I'm created to live. I'm created to create a footprint on this earth, hopefully make disciples, hopefully raise, you know, good, solid, believing church going children and then die. Why do yeah. I want to, but, but, but for Christians, for the, for the Christian person, death is only a, a portal to the newest thing that it's like our life is just so temporary compared to the eternity. And that's why we're, we live. And that's why we yeah. create That's why God created humanity is so that we could live and die. It gives, it gives us a purpose. Yeah. 
And as you look at other worldviews, the purpose just really isn't there. Right. Um, because, again, if, if we are not moving towards something, if it's just always open-ended and, and humanity will yep. continue forever, then it really leads us and, and this life we live here to be worthless. Right. And I think a lot of people live that way. Hopeless. Uh, hopeless. Yeah. There, there's just nothing else. There's nothing that humanity is moving towards. Why does what I do here matter? Yep. And that's not a way to live. No. Nope. It's certainly not a way to live a productive life uh, in the grand scheme of things. Yep. So. And it's jumping ahead a little bit, but it's that same philosophy that, you know, Paul dealt with in the New Testament when he dealt with the Stoics and the Epicureans. Let's eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow we die. Yeah. Well, if that's all that life really does have for us, what what am I doing it for? Yep. You know, and Frederick Nietzsche, you know, would come along and say, you know, everything is is a, is pointless. There's nothing that I care to. And if nothing is good and nothing without that hope, yep. then you do you do start to experience a, a bit of despair. Yeah, and that's you know. Uh, that's where all that comes from. Yep. Um, and if God is not there and God does not exist, you just degenerate very quickly from, I have hope to, I want to, I have nothing. Yes, you know, absolutely. So, yeah. Well, uh, I think we're going to wrap it up there. That's a lot. Uh, that's a lot. And we've got at least eight more episodes <laughs> yeah. on this. And so we don't want to overwhelm you uh, any more than, than maybe you already are. But uh, the point of all this is to equip you. Yeah. Uh, to help you make sense of the world around you and give you an idea of what is a Christian worldview and then what isn't, so you can yep. recognize those things. And so I hope this has given you some basic tenets of what we believe, uh, how to view the world through a Christian worldview. And, and starting next week, we're going to start to examine, well, what are some of the deviations from yeah. that? So you can identify those as well. Hey, we would love if you are on social media, if you're on Facebook specifically, uh, we have launched a Since You Asked Facebook page. Uh, that That is where we're going to start posting episodes, uh, where we're going to give updates, where you can send questions easier. Uh, as we've started to grow this podcast, and, and thank you, uh, the listeners, for yeah. growing that, uh, we, we realize we need a central place to be able to do that. And so uh, go on Facebook, type in Since You Asked. Make sure to like that. Make sure to follow that. Uh, communicate with us there. We'll be posting there uh, weekly and, and posting the updates and the, the new episodes on there as well. And so, first of all, thanks so much for being a part of this journey. Weird. It, it's, anybody it's just, cares. It, it's crazy. Right. Uh, the, when you look at the map of where people are and where they're listening from, it is crazy. Yeah. And so we want to thank you wherever you're at for listening. And we will see you back here next time on Since You Asked. Thanks for listening to Since You Asked. Join us next time as we tackle more of your burning questions.